Hello, welcome. You're listening to Feed, Play, Love, a bite-sized parenting podcast, a place you can find advice, understanding and support as you care for your small humans. I'm Siobhan Hunt. When you fall pregnant, there are a number of decisions you must make. The first is how you will be cared for. This might sound like a straightforward decision, but who cares for you can have an influence on how you will give birth. Diane Zalitis is a midwife and the clinical lead of Pregnancy, Birth and Baby, an Australian government service. She joins us now. Hi, Diane. How are you? I'm very well, Siobhan. Thank you. This is going to sound like such a stupid, strange question, but how many ways can you give birth? (laughs) Well, I guess um, at its simplest, there are only two ways. It either comes, the baby comes out the way it got in, vaginally, or a (laughs) cesarean. But within that, you know, the options open up. It's like all things, isn't it, really? So cesareans, you can have a planned or an elective cesarean, or it could be an emergency, which is obviously something that you didn't plan to do. With vaginal birth, though, there is a number of options, again, that happen in that. So whether, and while your doctor and your midwife might put categories around it, that's within vaginal birth is where all of the choice kind of lies a little bit for mums to think about and dads. Um, and it's around how much pain relief you may may have. Will you have an epidural? Do you, How do you want to give birth? What position do you want to be in? Do you want to be in the water? Do you want to be standing, squatting, kneeling? Do you want to be in birth centre? So that kind of, that's Do you want to be choice. at home? You do you can... want to be at home? Can you be at home? And also, while it's not always considered a choice, um, not all, everyone will choose to have like an assisted birth, which is a vacuum or a forceps. Sometimes that's actually needed during birth. So it's while it's not naturally a choice that you may make at the beginning, it may be something that you need to know about and think about that may become required at birth. Time right, birth. that yep. makes sense. Mm. So does, I mean, I'm thinking my own experience here in that uh, I spoke to my sister who'd had a baby and anyone who's listened to this show knows that I just do what my sister did. And she went to a birth center mm-hmm. and had a really great experience with a group of midwives. Mm-hmm. But I knew going into that, that she chose the birth center because she decided she wanted to have a vaginal birth mm-hmm. with as little intervention as possible. And so I kind of looked into that because I'm don't have a high pain threshold, etc. And I was thinking, well, as long as there's an epidural nearby, I'll go for that. But I knew going into that, that the support I would get throughout my pregnancy was leading more to a vaginal birth mm-hmm. um, without much intervention. Yeah. So that was a choice I made. Um, is that the same with other providers? Because you can have a shared care with your GP. Yes. You can choose to go with an obstetrician. Yes. You can have a doula and then just go to your local hospital and get whoever. Or you could be like myself who had a group midwifery practice, which is not always common, but it means you have roughly four midwives that you see throughout your pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Do those choices determine the the path the general path you'll take i guess they do the general path it it really varies depends on where you live so for for women who live um in rural or regional areas then there may be less option within the choice and so there will there will always be midwives in a hospital um, and there will always be an antenatal clinic or a midwives clinic through a hospital that so you can see midwives and through that clinic there will always be 
an obstetrician that, that you can see should the need arise. And then you have your, your, your private hospital system where it's all obstetricians but still midwives that are working in um, in delivery suite and birth suites, like labour ward, however language they put around it. Um, but then you, some areas will give you much more options. So they'll have birth centres that are attached to the hospital that are purely run by midwives and should you need medical assistance or any further intervention, you move into what's known as the, the, the labour ward. And, and it varies a little, so you you kind of need to know what's around and what option that you have. And there's also private midwives, so that's where your home birth option comes in. So if there's a private midwife in your area, um, and you can you can find, there's the Midwives Australia website can kind of give you information about those kind of services, what's around, is it near you, um, can, you can you access into that? Yeah, so there is... There is choice. The really important thing, I think, is is to kind of do your, your homework, your research. We have a lot of information pages on pregnancy, birth and baby that talk about your birth options, um, who the people are that are involved and what their roles are, and then where you can go to kind of delve deeper into what's actually around you and available around for you. I am sure lots of people will have read the research that has mm. come out um, and I can't cite it because I can't remember exactly where. But even if you're not thinking of the research, there is plenty of, shall we say, gossip about if you choose an obstetrician, if you tr- choose to birth in a private hospital, for example, the ri- rates of cesarean are higher in private hospitals. So um, people may have it in their head. If I go with an obstetrician, are they going to make me have an, a cesarean? What's your experience as a midwife? Well, it's, it's not entirely true. And it it's very much comes down to personal choice, again, for women. So some women really want to go that path. That is their choice. Um, and so they will, for lots of reasons, will choose private and choose an obstetrician so that they know they can have that. And so it is true. There are higher elective caesarean rates and higher epidural rates in private hospitals. Um, but also because there's an element of it's 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 more available because you are paying for it, because the obstetrician can do it, <laughs> and the and the anaesthetists are there and they and you're going to pay for that as well. So it's not freely provided. There is a cost associated. So you kind of you're, you're paying for more, so you're getting more if if you if you kind of like. But you know I've um, I worked for quite a number of years at a private hospital here in Sydney, and there were plenty of obstetricians who were very supportive of vaginal birth, natural birth, supportive of that and supportive of women's choice within that. So you can go to a private hospital and you can have a normal low intervention, low pain relief. If you don't want pain relief, it won't be forced on you. Nothing's forced on you. It's also not withheld from you either. So it, that exists um, as and as well as good breastfeeding support. So all of that still exists within those hospitals. It's quite interesting though because we don't actually talk about the fact that if you want an elective cesarean you can have one but like you said once you've made that decision you can't have an elective cesarean in a public hospital would that be correct like where you get it's it's much an emergency cesarean you can have an elective for for specific reasons right so it has to be not before 39 weeks unless there's something and again if there's something wrong it's not no no longer elective it becomes emergency and that's a best practice policy that's put into place to protect babies so no earlier than 39 weeks unless there's an obstetrical medical reason which then makes it an emergency and there then has to be a reason that that's acceptable for it so whether it's a breach babies or the placenta's in kind of the wrong position or the baby's not 
getting itself into your pelvis so it's going to be able to make that journey out and through. And there are a bunch of other things, but it's usually discussed. So you can go through the public system and have a planned cesarean. For sure, okay. that happens. But that's only when... But if you just say for whatever personal choice and it's nothing to do with the baby, if you decide to have an elective cesarean, is that when you have to go through a private hospital and an obstetrician? It's easier to do it. That okay. way. It can be harder to get. It can be harder to if there's no really obvious reasons. But it again... It becomes very much the discussion with the woman, the the registrars or the obstetrician at the clinic and the midwives that, that you're seeing and that and you talk to. And, and even though there may not be a medical reason, there might be a very good psychological reason yeah. for why. And also just having that discussion about why you really want that, what is the, your reason behind that, that they can work through with you as well. So often midwives can provide a lot of really good support at unpacking kind of your fears and concerns around birth and what's going to happen, which is there's a lot of that, a lot. Oh, yeah. No, I felt most of it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Now, um, actually, I feel like we could have a whole other Mm -hmm. conversation about caesareans because it's one of those areas that people are quite sensitive about, but it's an important thing to chat about so people understand what their options are, etc. But, okay, those are the choices that Mm. we have. So once you've decided on the type of care... Does that kind of lock you in? So let's say you start, you've gone with a GP shared care Mm -hmm. service and then you hear about a midwifery group or you hear about someone's experience at the local hospital and you think, oh, hold on, I've started with a GP. They know everything about me. Are you locked into that um, kind of system of care at that point or are you able to change? You're not locked in. You have choice. You can move. You can go and you can... Get all of you. You'll be given, as you might recall, Siobhan, an antenatal care record. So you carry that with you anyway. That has all your information. You can ask your GP for a referral. You can go and talk to these services. It's really important to talk to the service that you know about or talk to your local hospital and see what kind of birth options and 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 care options, pregnancy care options they provide. Um, some hospitals, particularly in major centres, are really are locked around postcode, around where they can actually accept people to... That, and that's around managing their birth rate numbers and, and, and loads. So you need to make those calls. It's not such a bigger impact in smaller centres. And when I talk about the major centres in Sydney, I mean the women's hospital at RPA and Royal Women's and, you know, Westmead, those kind of may have limits around where you live, so you can't... But having said that, you need to talk to them so they will let you know whether that actually is the case or not. So, yeah, you can. You can hear about that. One of the best things to do is to, like, draft up, like, a, a birth plan. Like, what is it that you want and what is it that you don't want? And part of doing that will be part of educating yourself about what's available, what could happen when you're in labour. Um, you can go to classes about that, but there's lots of really good online information. Pregnancy, Birth and Baby has a whole suite of information that's a really good base start for you. And then you can go deeper and just to think about, do I want that? Do I not want that? Do I even know that's even an option? Yeah. Um, and, you know, and also being obviously aware around birth plans that, things change whatever it is that you think you want is that can be totally different experience when it's actually happening but it's still important 
to think through that and, and have given some thought before you're in labour. To be mm. empowered before yes. you get there. Yeah, to be empowered, to know that. And you, and you do have choice. There is a, a National Commonwealth document about women-centred care and its um, strategies for maternity services. So it's about putting women at the centre of care. And that is around you knowing what it is you want and having conversations with all of your care providers so that you have the experience that is the best one. Yeah, and you can talk, I mean, like I always say, I always talk to my sister because I know Mm. we're very similar in our thoughts and fears and we've been brought up the same way. One thing I would add to what you said is um, I I did learn a lot from speaking to friends, Mm. but I would put the caveat on that and say, talk to your friends about their experiences, but always back that up with research because one person's experience in one situation may not be your experience, particularly if you've made sure that you're prepared yes you know I'm thinking about situations where someone may not have had a good experience at a hospital with a vaginal birth but maybe they went into that situation not knowing that forceps could be Mm. needed or Mm. you know and once you have the knowledge then you have the power exactly and pass it on to whoever's there in the birthing center as your partner so if you're in a contraction they can say no she doesn't want that or yes she does yes and let's talk about this and it's talk to your midwives they will give you all the support and information and you and your obstetrician and your gp as well talk to everybody but also remember every woman's birth labor and birth pregnancy labor and birth experience is different you, no one will be the same if you and you all. You and have we to all do love with, to talk about it. Yes. So just be aware and of you'll that. You'll be talking about it when you're seventy. <laughs> so it's, you're not going to forget. But just remember, yours will be unique, and it's meant to be like that. Yeah. 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 When you say to talk to the providers, to the care providers, what are the kinds of questions you should be asking when it when it comes to the types of birth that yep. are available? Yes. Okay. Look, there's some very broad things. Firstly, you want to be able to have a look around the facilities well into so that'll give you a really good insight to what it's like and not don't leave that till only a few weeks before you're giving birth have a look really early like shop around your test drive car so you're allowed to test drive kind of hospitals as well we we don't tend to treat medical system that way but we should and talk to them fairly early on like what are the care and birth options that they provide and can you go elsewhere that kind of thing and when can you talk to them about your birth plan you've got one is this is what you've got listed in your birth plan even available can you do that what pain relief options do they have which really kind of brings you back to do they have like water immersion for pain relief and epidurals they're kind of the two things that most people may or may not have everything else will be there but that kind of thing and what can you bring in with you of your own what equipment do they have do they have bean bags do they have birthing chairs do they do they do water birth if so water birth is what you're looking for not every hospital does water birth because they don't have the right baths for it and how long are you going to stay in hospital like what support are you going to get when you go home all of that and do you need to travel so if you can't go get the birth you want at your closest hospital will you need to travel is there somewhere else and what happens if you are at this hospital and you need extra say your, your local hospital and they're not able to provide all the emergency intervention stuff is there a potential that you might need to be transferred somewhere else for your birth as well all of that Mm. kind of exploration well i think we've covered everything diane thank you so much for your time today you're very welcome that's diane zalitas she's a midwife and clinical lead of pregnancy birth and baby feed play love is a babyology podcast produced and presented by me siobhan hunt i'd love to hear from you so if you'd like to get in touch 
email me at feedplaylove at theparentbrand.com.au. See you next time.